Citizens of the Verse. Today is February 8th, 2953, and welcome to another episode of Citizen Cast. We're a Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by the Clyde to my Bonnie. It's Seagard Olsen. Hello, Seagard. Hello, Clyde. <laughs> you're Clyde. Oh, okay. You're <laughs> I Bonnie. I was calling myself Bonnie because I'm okay. real sassy, you know? <laughs> you know, I thought I'd be better to self-deprecate this time. Yeah, you know, uh, I always self-deprecate. Yeah. I just like being called. I identify as, as Bonnie. <laughs> my I Bonnie identify as a weirdo. <laughs> That's um, me. Our good friend Chekhov maybe would have made it, but he's not feeling so good. So uh, he uh, been sound a little rough lately. Yeah, Uh, he's skipping it out this week. But uh, it's no problem here. We've got the two of us, and we know how to drone on for hours. And Skyguard's uh, he's off. uh, He moved. Yeah, he's he's getting settled in. I think he still doesn't have his uh, equipment there yet. But ah, uh, I was going to say I haven't seen him on. Not that I've been on either, but um. Awesome. So, uh, uh, Seagard, what have you been up to this past week now that we are back to a weekly cadence, hopefully, for yeah. a good long while? Yeah, I've been I've been playing in the uh, PTU a lot. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I really haven't, I don't say a lot, a fair amount, a fair amount. Not nearly what we would do, in, you know, in a, in a regular patch yeah. time. Um, but, you know, a couple hours a week, certainly, probably 10 hours a week. And, uh, Maybe more than that, but uh, just by checking out different ships and um, trying to go to different locations and uh, fiddling around, did some things with Hamar. Mm-hmm. Um, he had to come rescue me the other day because I got ganked by some pirates. Uh, but I got out of my vehicle, my uh, Aurora. So who blows up an Aurora on the pad? Um, Jerks. It, yeah, well, it's like harmless. I mean, it's the sum of its parts is actually better than you know. Let it assemble. Um, even though the struts are more f- dangerous than the weapons. <laughs> exactly, and it broke apart. It looked it looked really good. It looked like a it did a soft death on the pad. The nose oh, drooped nice. and the back end fell off and had holes in it. it looked kind of like a helicopter, you know, when it been shot up at an airport. Oh uh, yeah. So he came and rescued me, and then uh, yeah, just kind of checking things out. Um, and then I've been spending a basically a lot of time getting all my peripheral stuff set up, you know, over the years I'd gotten, you know, I I've had joysticks, but uh, I've also had like the Elgato stream deck, which I had gotten mm-hmm. some things for and not been using and then was using and Toby eye tracker the same way and uh, hit, you know, hit or miss on, you know, keeping them running and up to date and, and voice attack the, uh, the voice mm-hmm. packs, you know, it, it's funny. Picard just started responding to me. I'm going to turn him off uh, as I said that. But uh, anyway, I, I've got all that stuff configured. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I've been using it to, like, you know, lift my landing gear and take off and request departure and, you know, uh, just doing a lot of good kind of fun stuff with it. And then the kind of getting everything set up for when 318 does go um, – to put you know into the into the PU, mm. um, so that I'll be able to do you know right off the bat I'll have a good control setup and everything else. So nice, excellent. 
Um, I myself have not played the game since we last recorded, although I will say um, uh, today, like kind of, I was watching a live stream of um, Space Tomato and he was doing group salvaging. And I really can't wait to hop on your reclaimer and be part of your crew and group salvage because it just looked so much fun. Uh, We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And I think Hamar has one too. Oh, nice. I mean, I know there's plenty of people with that. Yeah, but I mean, we have two, so we can can go up and we could certainly crew one of the two and fill one up and then come back and fill the other one. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. It uh, it is uh, it's a great looking ship, and it I noticed last night I was on, and it's now listing at three hundred cargo units in the uh, in three eighteen on the vehicle. Oh, really? So you know when you when you call it the uh, when you order your vehicle, you request your vehicle, reclaim your vehicle. Do you think that has to do with what was it before? I think it was one eighty. Do you think it used to be lower? Then it went to one eighty, and now it's three hundred, which is significant. Because right now it has the cargo hold, mm-hmm. and then it has the so that's the intended cargo hold for the cargo for the ship, correct? Not for the, you know, not the salvage, not the salvage. Although correct. I would imagine you probably would throw components that you salvaged correct. in there, but then you have the salvage hold, which right now doesn't have um, a cargo grid attached to it, but then they have the the hold above where the processing units are that does have some cargo space. Right. It slides it. Um, so there's actually another cargo spot in the ship, if I remember correctly. Um, so you have the one on top, which is where you're like, your scrap is being processed mm-hmm. and then it gets shoved over the end down a chute into mm-hmm. the next deck, which uh, is the one that doesn't have a grid scrap. right now. Correct. Right. Correct. Yeah. There's another one, I think, on the opposite side of the elevator, which where you can stack them like four or five high, yeah. and it makes like columns, almost like pillars. Yeah. Um, I remember it from a while back when we did that, and it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if they haven't just combined the two, and maybe it's maybe it's not on the opposite. There is another floor, though. There's I know the floors. I know the ship's cargo hold, the non-salvage one, is on the opposite side. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. You know what? The navigating that ship, I still am sitting there thinking about it, and I can barely do it. I'm starting to get better at it, but it probably doesn't help that the elevator has been borked for so long, and now it's finally working. I think. Yeah, I, I get confused when I get to the <clears> elevator. All the other pieces, I can I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, even like the sub deck and everything, that's pretty yeah. cool to go down there. Uh, but yeah, it gets confusing when I get to the elevator. It's yeah. like every other floor is on the opposite side of the elevator. Now the the reclaimer still doesn't have docking function, right? Not yet that I know of. I oh, haven't tried. God, it. I wish they would add that to it because that would make it so much easier. Because the docking collars are a lot quicker to get to the um. The bridge you know, and all that? To the bridge, yeah. Yeah. I usually um, take that side elevator, that little one, uh, single-person oh, yeah. elevator. That's oh, usually yeah. how I go up inside. Yeah, that one's pretty close. I just yeah. always – I have a hard time – well, one, it takes forever to come down. But right. then so does the main one, so the main right. one's real slow. Right. I, it would be fun if they could uh, – you know, it's it's going to get a redo. I know that. Oh, uh, sure. It is. But it's such a neat ship, and – I, 
it's a very wide elevator, but it's not very deep. Um, I almost wish they would open up the ends instead of the front so that you could drive in lengthwise with a vehicle. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Although I would say a vehicle's probably not going to be as useful. I feel like the Reclaimer, I feel like it'll be a bigger money earner in space. Yes. Than, like a Vulture's better planet side, but... right. You know, there's still big wrecks on planet side too. So, well, I wonder if they're not going to have like. Um, I could definitely see, given the size of the elevator, I could see something like the mule being used inside the ship to mm-hmm. pick up cargo and move it to the cargo room. Yeah, or to the elevator. Yeah, like a forklift, literally. Yeah, right? yeah. two boxes at a time or whatever. Oh, that seems like so tedious in some ways. I, I maybe they'll have like a good flatbed type of thing, right? You know, like a hover, good. yeah, a hover pallet. That would be neat. We shall see. Yes, it'll be interesting. It's a fun ship, though. Either way, I'm excited. I, and yeah. like, I mean, how exciting is it that that it's only hull stripping? Imagine, you know. And I feel like the other features are not as far off as as uh, some other game systems. So. Right. Um, it'll be really fun to play those. <clears throat> right. So uh, we had an interesting week this week in uh, in, in terms of content. Uh, Inside Star Citizen was essentially all about Arena Commander. Um, so Sean Tracy was on, uh, and they talked about how permadeath and, and having more punishment in game means that arena commander really needs to be more polished and more of a place that people can go so that they can practice um, playing, you know, combat as well as racing in a safe space. Um, So that, you know, when it comes time to do the real thing, you already have your ducks in a row and you're not going to hopefully die uh, as readily. Um, You know, AC arena commander was one of the first modules that they launched at the beginning of the game. Um, and really once the PU launched, it sort of stagnated and, and because of it, they didn't, you know, they didn't update it in relationship to the new flight models or anything. So going forward, they're going to replace some of the old code, improve the quality. Um, they're creating a brand new front end, which is actually going to merge star Marine into that location as well. Uh, the whole idea is that it'll serve as a game lobby and of course will be built in building blocks. Right. Um, and the same idea that they've always had is going to remain the, the same, which is have it be a quick to jump in game mode that players can can jump into and, and be, you know, it's a great experience for casual gaming while still playing Star Citizen. Um, down the road, they want to increase the variety of ships that they offer as well as weapons within the, the mode. They talked about, you know, one day having multiplayer, uh, multi-cruise ship gameplay within it. Um, they also mentioned how when they refreshed Dying Star, they actually made a mistake because they made it a little bit too bright. Um, there was also a ton of fog and the performance was bad. And they realized afterwards it was because they had NPCs in the space station. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so funny stuff that comes out, um, you know, then they also talked a little bit more about racing and how even the racing module uh, within Arena Commander that we have now isn't actually flying properly because it's supposed to be in atmosphere. 
Um, so now it will have, or down the road, I don't know how soon it'll be. It'll have atmospheric effects. Um, they also talked about the ability to take the in-game racetracks that they have and quickly be able to populate them into arena commander. So you can practice those once again in a safe space where it won't murder you to death. Um, so really cool stuff. Um, you know, last but not least, Sean mentioned that they're going to be launching 12 new racetracks, a new arena commander map. He didn't say when, but you know, arena commander looks like it's going to be a pretty big focus. One thing, um, just before we sort of discuss it, that came out of this that a lot of people talked about was Sean Tracy. Hey, what's going on with theaters of war? Um, Oh yeah. So I guess, you know, on that topic, as well as, as the inside star citizen, what were your thoughts, your reactions? I, uh, you know, I, I definitely liked that show. Um, I think the front end, you know, I used to play all of those a fair amount. I was never good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but my first videos I recorded on YouTube, um, ever, I mean, were of me racing and getting a 40 something second track loop around, um, the basic track. I can't think of it. It's basically figure eight. Old uh, Vander. Oh, is it old Vanderbilt? Old Vanderbilt? Is it? I don't know. Is it yeah. old Vanderbilt? Yeah, I think old Vanderbilt. That's it. Yeah. Nice. You know, and, uh, and that, I like that type of track. I'm not, I'm not necessarily into the point to point racing. There's different uh-huh. styles, right? You can fly the, the loop and kind of like an airplane would fly it, or you can do it more like a drifter would do it, you know, get through the gate, drift sideways, and shoot to the next gate, drift sideways, shoot mm-hmm. through. It's very straight line type racing. Um, I prefer doing the other way. Um, you know, there's times when you're neck and neck with the person for several seconds, and it's very neat to see the two ships jockeying, and you can see the guy out of the corner of your eye, and it's pretty exhilarating. Mm-hmm. Um, and with some practice, you can really get good. Um, but I, and I, I used to play a little bit of star Marine again, not very good. I used to play the arena commander, um, you know, so I can buy some of those ships. I have access to buy some of those ships, you know, like the pirate, you know, uh, gladius uh-huh. and things like that. Uh, having gone through a little bit, um, I've always had fun with it. Um, I really have. So I'm nice. glad to see they're re- overhauling it. Yeah. Um, I, I think the, images they showed of the tracks looked amazing uh, for yeah. the, especially for the flying part right um, and they, they mentioned ground racing there too right they mentioned it briefly yeah they didn't really go into much detail yeah. but because I you know that's the one thing that was missing back then you didn't have that yeah um, and I think that would be fun um, uh, definitely I, I could definitely see there being practicing on all the little tracks and things like that. Um, I, I think it's that stuff's going to be great. I, I think, um, did I see anything that was missing? Um, I, I don't know that. I guess that the type of ships, right? Um, yeah. I hope they put class of ships in there, like starters versus yeah. you know, true race ships. Um, that that can make a big difference, and uh, I don't. Have you raced? Have you used any of the racing ships in the game? Not really. They're all very good. I mean, I used to. I used to own. You know, in fact, I've owned all except for the Misk one. Um, 
and I owned them pretty early. Some of my earlier pledges had the M50 and the uh, the 350R, and uh, and then I had the Mustang Gamma, and I actually like the Mustang Gamma the best, even mm-hmm. even the new one I like. Uh, I like the old one in particular, kind of had that insect look, but okay. uh, they're all they all have a little bit of everything. The 350 has extremely high acceleration and speed. Mm-hmm. The M50 is a mixture of agility and speed, and then the I think the um, the Mustang Gamma is right about just below the M50, but not significantly. I mean, it has a little less top end, but I think it mm-hmm. may be a, just a little bit um, more agile. Like, maybe it rolls differently than the M50. Mm-hmm. Um, and it certainly has fantastic views out the nose, which is a big deal. Right, because you're looking over the nose. Yeah. So uh, if you don't have any of them, it's definitely a fun ship to have. I I like the gamma. I like the challenge of it. Um, so I'm nice. I, yeah. I I thought it was a great show, and I enjoyed all of it. Nice. Uh, what What are your thoughts on um, sort of the the whole um, theaters of war stuff or lack thereof? You know, I hadn't even thought about it when we were watching that. Um, we need well. We need more than Star Marine, right? We need something yeah. more than Star Marine. That just turns into a murder fest. By the way, they did mention in the episode. I forgot. To, I forgot about this point. Um, but they did mention that the relationship with Fire Sprite ended during the pandemic, uh, and Fire Sprite was one of the major teams helping with um, theaters of war. Gotcha. Uh, they didn't mention why, however. Yeah. A lot of small companies really took a hit there, but yeah. But yeah. And remember I mentioned this a while back. I said the same thing happened the first time they did the arena commander. Yeah. It's the same thing. Uh, yeah. I just there was believe- a separate team, right? Yeah. It was a separate team. I just can't believe it's that hard. Well, now they have some fire sprite people on their team, and now they have a dedicated arena commander team. So, right. I think oh, go weapons ahead. balance. I was, I was going to say, you know, weapons balance was one of the big things they struggled with last time. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't design of the of the floor or the uh, the battlescape or anything like that. It and it wasn't the armor and it wasn't the equipment. Um, it was balance weapons balancing, right? I mean, yeah. So I think um, I, I I really don't understand why. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see. Like to me, almost with everything that we hear about, right? Like, yeah, I'm a little excited to improvements for improvements to Arena Commander, but I'm not really a combat pilot. Uh, However, it's not that I don't like space combat, but I'm the person who would rather man a turret or control the shields or like I'd rather be an engineer on the ship, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I wouldn't normally my normal gameplay loop if I'm driving the gameplay wouldn't normally be combat driven. It would be, you know, flying around exploring or mining or one of those things but you know i do want to be able to be prepared and so when you start to build up a crew for your ship and sort of you want to have a well-oiled machine and so 
I want Star Marine, not Star Marine, Arena Commander to get to the point where we could have two teams or three teams, you know, one skirmish, you know, like a lot of customizability, one skirmishing as a pirate uh, group and one serving as an explorer group um, and having to go to battle stations, you know, and seeing what that experience is. And I want it from, I don't even want it from like, you know, I don't want to do it from the battle stations. I want to do it from their normal seats on the bridge and other spots on the ship to their battle stations to time the movement to get to defenses and all that stuff because that's going to be important. So like I would want, I would want the game to be able to facilitate someone potentially pulling you out of quantum and being able to do that so that you can simulate defensives. Um, Maybe they won't get to that level of granularity, but I hope they get close, like boarding actions and things well, like that. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's, uh, even in the boarding action is exactly what I was thinking of. You're on a ship, <clears throat> it's going to be boarded, you know, um, no weapons except, other, except what you can carry and you have, you know, gravity or whatever in the system, in the ship. Yeah. Um, and you have to protect your salvage. And they have to take your stuff. I mean, that would be fantastic. And yeah. you know, it could be a starfarer or it could be a, a carrick or it could be a caterpillar, but different battlefields. Yeah. And just, you know, balance it out. Not necessarily the way you do with a traditional game, but you kind of balance it against the, you know, the crew positions. What's a full yeah. crew. Um, and, and I would like to see a multiplayer ship um, pirate swarm. Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. And then, uh, and then, you know, the things we've talked about doing things like this in, in our groups, having like a, uh, you know, like in the world of fishing, you have, you know, uh, well, the most dangerous catch, right. The, yeah. the show, the most dangerous catch, you send out the ships, the ships have to go out there and bring in as much crab as they can. And, you know, you're kind of doing checkpoints along the way of how much they've got in them. And, um, and they got to get back by a certain time and then they get weighed and how much money they made and everything else. Yeah. Um, I think that would be great for mining or salvage. Yeah. Everyone gets a different salvage ship and maybe you got a cargo ship that accompanies you, accompanies yeah. you. <clears throat> you got to fill your cargo ship as fast as you can. And then the cargo ship has to race back and dock. Yeah. All right. Um, Something along those lines. There's even one, uh, believe it or not, in the Stevedores. Uh, not the Stevedores. Um, uh, what do you call them? The guys who the the union Man. Teamsters Union. Oh. So it's uh, loading and unloading. They have competitions in the real world about oh, yeah. best comp- you know best groups to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there that'd be a lot of fun. You could have uh, kind of combine it with something like the fireman. You know, you got to race up a tower. You got to, you know, use a tractor beam to send down, you know, eight boxes. And you got to put them into a vehicle and vehicles got to race over and put them into a ship and <laughs> whatever it may be. But, you know, some things like that might be fun as an event. I don't know if you'd want them as this. maybe a scenario, but it'd be yeah. fun to practice. Yeah. You know. so. I, um, well, well, I even think about, I, I would imagine I think the best way to do some of the things that I'm hoping for is just a arena commander free play mode 
where you could specify parameters. Oh, yeah. Like what ships? Because think about it this way, too. Like, say your ship gets disabled. Now you have to figure out everything because, like, all right, it's disabled. They haven't blown this up. And then mm-hmm. the whole idea is how do you know they're going to board you versus blow you up? Because if they're going to blow you up, then do you run to the escape pods? If they're not going to blow you up, then you've got to be prepared to defend. And now everyone's in their battle stations. And now, you know, right now it's easy to just be able to defend a ship because you have all of your equipment on you and you could sit down and do that. But, you know, in the, um, during the rest of the game, or you know, it, when the game is further along, you got to run to your equipment lockers. Correct. Well, on my favorite ship, the equipment lockers are on the subdeck, and then the question becomes: Where is someone going to board? There's two major areas they would board. They'd either board through the airlock on the subdeck, which at what point? <clears throat> at that point, and maybe they'll make it so that people would be encouraged to do that. Um, at that point, then that becomes a very natural place to go to get your equipment, and very likely you can get there in time to deter borders, or maybe the top um, doors with the airlock. However, I would imagine that's probably going to be challenging because that's also the only spot that doesn't have a ladder access to the rest of the ship, and if you're disabled, you might not have power. Um, and you could even shut off power um, to the ship so that people can't use the elevator. And so they would have no choice but to go Correct. through the airlock. Right. Um, right. Unless they're going to free cut through the ship, which I think they'll probably not be able to do in in the game. So like trying to time that out and practice that out, you don't want to be able you, by the time it gets that advanced in the game, you know, we're already starting to face some real major penalties in the game for dying. So you you don't want to have to practice that in the game and damage the ship and lose inventory and all that stuff um, and risk it not soft deathing. Um, You know, so it'll be interesting. It'll be good for, you know, we could even skirmish with pirate org orgs so that the pirate org could skirmish or not that I would want them to know our defensive maneuvers. Well, it's funny, you know, you mentioned the ability to cuss, you know, build, your own parameters, you know, mm-hmm. select your own parameters. One of the games I definitely play is DCS World, which is oh, well, yeah. it's a fighter game and World War II airplane game. And mm-hmm. they have an editor, um, and people actually build campaigns now of their own, and and they're available. There's hundreds of them available to play missions or campaigns, uh, which are a string of missions, and then mm-hmm. you can also pay for some, which are heavily, heavily modified. You know, which are you know voiceovers and things like that, and uh, custom you know opponents, things like that. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think there is a a smart option there for CIG to create the editor mm-hmm. and put in some basic stuff, and then let the community really run with it. Yeah, and then maybe you could even save the game mode. Yeah, and then other people could replay it, like a almost like a marketplace. Yeah, exactly. Um, I cool. think that would be really fun. That'd be really cool. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but yes. Yeah. I mean, look, 
the plus side is the op- options are limitless. The The downside is you don't yeah. want to get too excited about one because you never know where they're actually going to lead. Yeah. I've, I rarely, I mean, you know me, I'm easy to please, but the, uh, I'm pretty excited by anything they put out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. <clears throat> um, so that was uh, that. Oh, and I, I would say the other comment I wanted to make was around the whole. Um, why, why do I keep forgetting the name of the game mode that they were coming out with? Theaters of War thing. Theaters of War. I think, I think obviously they probably overcommitted with another group and kind of lost a lot. And I think they also realized that like maybe they were investing too much in a separate game mode. And I think going Agreed. forward, while Sean Tracy didn't talk about this, probably because, you know, we got too much of something that we thought was going to be coming much sooner while he didn't talk about it. You know, I think it's probably going to be built on the integration between star Marine and arena commander. And, you know, we'll be down the road, but it's probably a ways off. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, I kind of can see that. And I, I have a feeling what they'll end up doing is, you know, the tool that they used to, to export the racetracks into Arena Commander could easily be used for in-game mission locations, and then they could put parameters around it that are objectives um, pretty easily. Um, so they might be using that down the road to create that mixed mode battle scenario. Who knows? Right, right. But it's to be honest with you, it's not the most important thing to me. No, me neither. I mean, it's uh, if it, they it, had it to really choose isn't. between that and salvage mechanics, I would love more salvage mechanics sooner Correct. than that. Yeah. Now, or racing any other. the racing simulator and the first-person shooter simulator, like they have now, bringing it up to speed. I do think that's kind of important. Yeah, agreed. <clears throat> agreed. Okay, cool. Um, and then for Star Citizen Live, we got the mission feature team. Um, so, yeah, they were interesting. <laughs> um, they talked about how um, what they do essentially is make missions in the game, but also the back-end tech that is used to develop missions so that yeah. mis- you know designers can actually use the tools to make their own things. Right. They work with the content team to build out new systems, tools, ways of thinking. They, um, for instance, they were responsible for some of the time trial stuff that was added or is being added in 318 uh, for the track locations. Um, they talked about the new Orison missions and how they seem to have better NPC performance. They made some optimizations to the kiosks in prison as well as across the, the rest of the verse. Uh, to help with a better player experience. Um, they talked about mission persistence and how that's something that's coming soon. TM. Um, near future work will be their continued collaboration with the, um, um, with the uh, narrative team and, and content team to build out the investigation missions, yeah. salvage, mission, salvage missions, and mining missions. Uh, and then they had a break. Um, and brought out Robbie and Nick Elms, who happened to be a father-son team <laughs> working at CIG, which I didn't know about. That's pretty um, cool. Yeah, they sit on the flight side feature team, and um, 
they happened to, you know, it was a little bit more personal storytelling. Uh, they talked about, you know, uh, the father, I think his name was Robbie, if I'm not mistaken, or it could be Nick, um, talked about having worked with Chris for a very long time, even before Star Citizen. And, um, you know, talk, they talked about some of the things that they really enjoyed about, you know, like highlights so far working at CIG. So that was pretty cool. Um, what do you think, Seagard? Anything interesting about the mission feature team that yeah, uh, stands yeah. out for you? I thought they're interesting bunch of characters. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I don't envy their job. I mean, uh, you know, building the missions is one thing, right? But that really did almost. Uh, it, it seemed. I almost took it as secondary. It's like a special task they get to do when they're not building out the tools or supporting the tools yeah. to, to others. Right. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I, without it, I mean, I don't think we would have seen the acceleration in the number of missions. Uh, didn't they talk about voiceovers or um, more, more um, wild lines? Yeah, I think that's what it was. They sounded like they were doing more, of the uh, special character, you know, visuals. Oh, like mission giver. Yeah, mission stuff. givers type stuff. Because um, they were talking about one coming in that they can't tell us who it is. But oh, yeah, yeah, um, and it's not Tessa Bannister. Bannister. I know. I can't wait for Tessa, but that'll be when science and explorations yeah. in the game because she's part of the ICC. Yeah, I'd love to see one for like the uh, UEE. Uh, space, um, you know, es- not the espionage, but the, you know, the spy type mm. thing. You go undercover or something. I bet you it's a bounty hunter <clears throat> mission giver. Could be. What what cracks me up is we have three mission givers we know about that we don't have in game. We We might have some, like Agent Dooley is one who is a character. But she also wasn't one of the two. There were t- supposed to be two in Orison or Crusader security, essentially. And I can't remember their names, but they were, you know, uh, I guess good missions or legal missions, lawful missions, I should say. Right. And then uh, what's his face? I can't, I forgot his name all of a sudden at the Microtech Bar, Eddie Parr. At gotcha. the Microtech Bar. Um, and he his his actual character is actually at the Microtech bar. He's one of the bartenders there. His face is on one oh, of the bartenders. Really? Yeah, he's the he's the one who has who doesn't have an Irish accent and has black slick back hair. Oh, I'll have to go check that out. Yeah, I'll have to go check that out. Yeah, he'll be like, "What can I get for you?" Instead of like, "Oh, what could I get for you?" Right, right. Yeah, I hope he doesn't sound like that. Yeah. Well, tragic voice I don't think any rage. of them sound like that, <laughs> but <laughs> that was yeah. my mistake. The one that always gave me the creeps was he used to be down in Reclamation. Oh, he's still there. Yeah, He's the gaunt guy, and then there was um, the guy on Grimhex. Yeah, the drug addict. The widow he's, addict. The guy who's down in the... Yeah, he's a widow addict. He's, oh, I didn't know that. He just yeah, so like that's a uh, Wallace Clem. Okay. Yeah. Wallace Clem is in Grim Hex, and then Reclamation and Disposal is. I 
forgot his name. It's, uh, what's his name? It'll pop in my head out of nowhere. And then there's what? Pache- uh, Pacheco, who's on? Twitch Pacheco on uh, Arc Corp. I haven't done any of those yet. Then we've got Miles Eckhart also in Marville yep. at MMV. And then um, Reco, Reco Battaglia is in um, uh, over in Nix now. Now, you can't share those, can you? Like when you do those missions, you can't share them, can you? You can, I think. But can People others do the hear miles the conversations at- oh, and everything else? I have no idea. That would be interesting. They should be able to make that happen right. on the road, I would think. Yeah. Um, they are kind of a solo thing, whereas a lot of times we do things as groups. Yeah. We all get into the Aurora, all 12 of us. Oh, and then there's a car that it is. Then there's Constantine Hurston and uh, mm-hmm. Ruto. That's correct. And then who's the guy in uh, Bottom of Grin Hex? Who's the um? He's a he's just a video. That's Ruto. That's Ruto. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why can't I remember the other guy? He's the one who gives you the Lorville satellite mission, the reclamation disposal guy. I mean, I've, you know what's funny? I've never played that mission chain because <clears throat> uh, I'm such a goody, good do-gooder. You know, I'm the I, same way. I can't. I can't, do, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm <laughs> bad. I'm bad. I do it on PTU sometimes. Like that's Mage and I did the the Twitch. Uh, we did the Twitch prison escape one. Oh, and that was the first time we both went to prison immediately. <laughs> And that was when it was like you were there for like twenty four hours. <laughs> oh, it was good. Oh goodness. Um, yeah, I thought it was good too. I'm I'm just excited about missions. You know, yeah. Like like everything else, we keep hearing. It just sounds like they keep building almost like this library and the tools to create missions faster, to give it more interesting content, to make it more dynamic. And then this is all without quantum being in the loop. So like, you know, I think we're going to start to see more and more things stack up over the coming years. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised that they have a hundred missions set aside because yeah. they have all these systems, right? You can't have the same mission in every system. Yeah. <clears throat> that would just get too boring. You may have some basic ones, Yeah. you know, cause everyone's going to start and, you know, Different locations, but well, I think of it as like recipes that you can mix different ingredients to make a completely different experience or a very different experience or something, you know, very interesting. Um, excellent. So this week, uh, they said Thursday, which is tomorrow, there is no Inside Star Citizen. Instead, That's interesting. It's a Journey to 4.0 special dedicated to the creation of their new modular building interior system intended to populate every landing zone in Star Citizen. No way. Uh, So that's pretty exciting. I don't know why they consider it not an inside Star Citizen. Maybe it's a longer episode. Um, I don't know. Why Why wouldn't they just consider that inside Star Citizen? I just want to officially announce that I'll be goofing maybe off be, a little maybe, bit during work. Maybe anything <laughs> Journey to 4.0 is going to be 
not star inside star citizen inside star citizen will be 319 or anything closer around the corner perhaps um tomorrow also kicks off cora moore aka star citizens version of valentine's day it sounds like they mentioned some kind of like goodies or something i'm sure it would be a contest we already know the subscriber flair is some real sassy red and pink and purpley different uh suits of uh, uh flight suits which is cool yeah i've uh i picked up all three nice they look good actually yeah they look really I, I, good. I also got it uh because i had the uh hello kitty armor with, mm-hmm. uh, and uh <laughs> The helmet will match that. Yeah, it will. So I'd rather have that than the kitty hat. Not the star kitty. kitten. Yeah, I'm not really into the star kitten. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it would be cool to sit on my shelf in my ship. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Star Citizen Live should be a good one. It's the vehicle team gathering for the annual summit, and so um, you know that'll stream with the the vehicle team. Which should be good. Uh, so exciting stuff. Hopefully we'll have some interesting stuff to talk about next week. Right. Um, 318. Uh, it is still in wave two, but it sounds like, especially um, today, the patch that they put out today, um, lots and lots, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fixes. So I think I'm thinking will probably if not this week then by the end of next week we should be open ptu uh at the very least yeah i'm thinking it you know i get on there and it it's run really really well i mean there's occasionally i'll get some kind of hiccup um like i won't be able to move something in my inventory or put on like my mm. helmet stuck on the other day and i'm gonna uh, but this yeah. happens in the live game. It, <laughs> so, does, like, it does. My helmet was just stuck on. I couldn't do anything with my inventory. And all of a sudden, it just started working again. Yeah. So it, it's like it almost re- it feels like a, like a recovery, a self-recovery kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but, it, yeah, it's been very it's very good so far. Excellent. I, it'll um, probably suck when I get into the actual PU. Yeah. For me, you know, it's been running <laughs> great, and now it's going to suck. But uh, I hate when that happens. Every yeah. once in a while, for some reason, <clears throat> and I think it's just because there's more people playing it. Um, but lately, the, things have been pretty, like you know, like quote unquote, pretty smooth. Um, one thing I wanted to comment on that's been sort of a a big topic in the community as of late is in the PTU. There had been um, pretty much all the in-game ships in the, um, yeah, you know, the ship store and then um, removed in one of the more recent patches was the Corsair, um, the C8R, and the um, uh, the Drake Cutter, and so a lot of people are very very pissed about that, um, you know, because they felt like one this patch has been at least from what I've heard so far. A lot of people are upset because even if even if it's not really quite matching up to the cadence, this patch is so late that it has hit almost the cadence anyhow. Um, but then also people feel like it's been taken away and, uh, you know, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on, on that whole controversy? Well, 
we don't know if they're going to put them back in, right? Um, they may be trying to force people to play some of the other ships instead of just those ships. Oh, I'm, they commented on it that they that they put them in by accident. Oh well, okay. Um, I I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, then again, I own them, so yeah. <laughs> right. So I I can't. Uh, it's kind of an unfair uh, item, but I I don't know that it's really um that significant. I, mean, mm-hmm. I get the fact that it you know it's usually a quarter before they you know they sell them, then they take them and make them available for in-game credits. With, you know, within a quarter, right at the mm-hmm. end of the quarter. Yeah. Now, does that start when it hits the PTU, or does that start when it ends the PTU and it goes into PU? You know, I don't know all those details. I mean, all those things have been in game, though, since at least October, November, right? Agreed. Agreed. But, you know, the other hand is um, you make a mistake, and do you stay with that mistake and say, okay, that's the way it's going to be from here on out? Or you go, well, we made a mistake. Yeah. And that wasn't our intent right there. Yeah. Uh, so I tend to give them the piece of, or uh, you know, the benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt, exactly. Uh, but I can say that I, you know, I get fifty yeah. something ships, right? I mean, I go pick another ship and go fly for the week. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, like I literally, I think I've flown my Corsair once. I've flown my Cutter two, three times. I've, I'm flying the Aurora a lot, and I'm flying the Connie a lot. Uh, specifically the Taurus. Uh, and if I'm not flying that, I'm flying the raft. Okay. So, um, you know, each to their own, right? Yeah. I <clears throat> I fall into the, it doesn't bother me that much, but then I don't get a lot of, I don't get super angry at stuff like that. I understand fully why people are upset. A hundred percent. Um. But I also sort of go like, you know, I'm not surprised and these things happen. Um, I would say, well, one, so for instance, Board Gamer, who wasn't like crazy upset, but was commenting on it in one of his most recent posts said, they had said everything up to IAE would go in game. That was the announcement. To me, I don't know if that means everything that was launched at IAE or everything before IAE. So to me, it doesn't, I don't know if that's a broken promise. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, salty Mike was saying that they said through IAE, you know, which does indicate that. So I don't know what the actual verbiage was. And I don't know if it was said each way once or twice or what, um, it's a decision. Right. In, in my opinion, however, I do think, in an effort to build some good faith with the community. Right. Um, you know, normally I wouldn't make this suggestion, but I do think in an effort to build good faith with the community and because this patch, regardless of how many technical hurdles there are, right. just because of how disappointed people are that we've waited this long, no matter how understanding many people are, I do think they should just bite the bullet yeah. and put those ships in game. And, and that's a, that is a valid you know, thing. If they come out, if they, they came out and said they made a mistake, that's valid. Um, that now gives them the option of not doing it and staying true to their policy. 
mm-hmm. uh, or what their what they believe their policy is, or correcting it, you know, leaving the ships in the game and saying, okay, here here on out, there's no guarantee, right? Yeah. Um, either one, either one is fine with me. Uh, yeah. There, there's, there is not going to be. There's going to be someone upset on either end. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, you can't make everyone happy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they meant to do it. I, I maybe it wasn't. I don't see why they would. I don't think they meant to do it on purpose. I don't see why they would do something like that because right. they know how the community can be. Um, you know, am I, am I a hundred percent certain that they meant to, you know, did somebody misread was it an internal memo and somebody thought it meant everything. And then someone said, mm-hmm. wait, no, not that. That's not what we meant. Um, probably, but yeah. you know, at this point, Guys, you're going to be selling. We, we see plenty of ships coming on the roadmap that aren't hey, even named yet. Like, just put them in the game. So here's a here's something. Um, you know, we've always seen ships go to sale for real dollars, and then they go into the game. Mm-hmm. Have we ever seen a ship that just went to the game only? No. I think that would be interesting to do. I don't think they're going to do that anytime soon. I don't either. Make it a starter ship, right? Yeah. You just say, hey, if you're, uh, make it one level up from a starter ship, right? Uh, it's a competitor to the Nomad or something. Get yeah. it in the game with credits. You got something to grind for it now. Yeah. Right? Because otherwise, you know, you do end up with this. You do end up with this point where you are trying to drive money. But you kind of also, you know, the 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 community is almost demanding that you make it more playable as you go. Yeah. So there is, if you want to spend more money, you can always get more ships. And if you're in an org, which has a lot of ships, you can always use it, you know, get enough credits to buy more ships. So yeah. the rich get richer in in game and out of game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I'm okay. I'm okay with, but the, the starter guys just are stuck, especially yeah. with the wipes. Um, maybe it wouldn't be bad to have something like a whole, you know, the whole B or something be in game ready right off the bat. Yeah. You know, something comes, not maybe not the whole B, but something that hasn't been brought out yet. That's, that's competitive with, a category of ships, maybe the Cutlass Black freelancer kind yeah. of line that like you a could utility just, ship, like a, a all around, right? So you could use it in the game, yeah. Um, you know, and then no one has to pay for it. It's kind of like a freebie, not a freebie, but you know, <laughs> yeah, not not for money, right? I it, it also wouldn't come with an LTI. I'm with you spiritually, but I don't think that will. I don't know if that would ever be a thing for mm-hmm. for CIG. I think to me the problem, and you know, I, keep in mind, I'm not even mad, right? Right, like right, right. I actually, I'm more. If anything, I'm just sitting there going, "Well, that was dumb." Um, 
that was a huge mistake on their part. Cause I own not just cause I own two of the ships, but also because I'm pretty happy with what I have. And like, right. You know, I don't need, I'm not fighting for anything until persistence is real. Right. Um, you know, a hundred percent real. So I don't really care what happens anyway. By the time persistence is a hundred percent real, they will be in the game. Um, I don't tend to buy ships in game right now. I tend to buy vehicles. Um, you know, maybe I'll buy a racing ship to try out the mm-hmm. tracks or whatever, but that won't be an issue. Yeah. Um, but like, I just think it was kind of dumb. Um, but I think for a lot of people, what it's signaling is a lot of people think they walked back on something that they said. And, you know, the last thing that you want to feel is like you walking back on a promise. And part of it is the idea that they might not get, give that item in game in good faith because they know that despite how bitter some of the community can be, they're still very ravenous when new ships come out. They are. And, they are. You know, people, even if they're mad, still buy ships. And yeah. in some ways, that's a little bit taking advantage of. I, I would the rather community. see them incentivized, incentivize themselves. In other words, um, imagine if they set up a rule that they would not release a new concept ship unless they put out a new uh, a ship that was already on the list. Yeah. Right. So That's a good idea. Right. So you get one ship delivered for each ship you're going to sell a concept, a new concept for. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that would be very incentivizing. Um, and it would, it would calm the waters quite a bit, right? Because people yeah. would start seeing ships come out that they've been waiting for. Yeah. And that are held for, for various reasons. Squadron 42 and, and they're not ready yet. Their tech's not there, etc. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, I, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, but I also look at, like, the Cutlass Black. I mean, we have the, the, the Cutlass Black and Red and Blue were you know, on were a huge source of controversy early on, and then we ended up with the Buccaneer, mm-hmm. right? I I think they went a long ways towards getting that right, yeah, um, right. Um, and they gave, I believe, they gave an option for <clears throat> individuals who had the Cutlass Black to switch to the Buccaneer, no cost, right? I think there was a it was an auto swap or something. Um, you have that choice or you got a discount of some kind on it. Um, I'm sitting here thinking who would trade the cutlass black for a buck in here. Well, remember the old cutlass (laughs) black was not the new cutlass black. Yeah, that's true too. Right. It's not that this cutlass black is much bigger than the old one. Remember the shark paint on it? Right. Yeah. And in the gimbaled side thrusters, which I still think is freaking cool as hell. Oh, see, I didn't. Um, I didn't care about those. I actually like. Remember the old freelancer uh, commercial? Oh yeah, yeah. I hated the way that looked when the gimbaled uh, thrusters were moving. It looked real cartoony. Yeah, it did. Yeah, but I did like things like the stairs underneath the. Oh yeah, that was the cool. landing gear. I thought that was cool. Uh, 
you know, there's a lot of things. I like the ladder to get up on the Cutlass Red, and you could go into the side like an emergency exit to go. Out you could do it in the black back. too. You still, yeah, you could do it in the black too. Uh, I liked that stuff. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of features I definitely, and I like to do it. Don't get me wrong, but I almost oh, think yeah. you could have had a Cutlass Black and then a Super Cutlass or something. <laughs> Or, or even, I like the idea of it being like new model. Like, well, that's how they treated it lore-wise. They treated it like a new model of the Cuddy Black. Right. Um, which It's a significantly bigger ship. I yeah. mean, it's two-thirds bigger. Yeah. Um, it's funny when they, now. when they discover that they haven't been creating ships based on metrics, what, right. that, how that changes the game. Yeah, and then remember the Reliant. They, you know, they've changed the Reliant completely, rebuilt it to be bigger, um, so that people wouldn't have reduced cargo based on what had been designed originally and you know conceived originally. They yeah. did the same thing with the uh, the Avenger. Um, you know, I do think they do. A, I do think they do quite a bit of outreach. You know, yeah. for the community. Um, yeah. So in some ways, I, I I do get it, but in some ways, I think that the community can be a little bit unfair. It yeah. can be a little bit of the mob sometimes. Oh, 100%. <clears throat> I just think in this instance, if CIG were really being smart about it, they would say, you know what? In this instance, maybe we'll make an exception. Yeah, um, that, and that's certainly an option they can do. And maybe they will with a lot that of the would, heat coming out. Who knows? Yeah, I think it's, that would be the smart move. But set your policy. Say, hey, there is no policy on how we do this. That's yeah. Or if they did say it, we're changing it. Yeah, sure. Um, because I, I think it's it's kind of uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's enough on that one. Yeah, yeah. We could talk. Th- we could talk this to death. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if we'd ever come up with a, a solid no, no, conclusion no. because, like, you know, it, there are different points of view, and it's not to invalidate the way people feel. It's just sort of like it doesn't really bother me that much. Like this stuff is this stuff happens. I don't think it's malicious. It's just sort of like you know, it is what it is. You know, right. I, I'm a recruiter that gets paid commission based on placing people. Do you think every time one of my clients that's supposedly hiring through me? Every time they hire someone um, that wasn't one of my candidates, I'm going to get mad. You know, like, I I guess I'm just used to disappointment on a regular basis. (laughs) Um, uh, Anyway, uh, more exciting news. I don't know if you've had a chance to see this yet, but the Roadmap Roundup came out today. I did not look at it. It's not super extensive, but it does outline um, parts of Alpha 319. So uh, the upcoming release of Alpha 318 brings important advancements to the technology behind Star Citizen. The highlight of this update is persistent entity streaming, which represents a monumental effort from our engineering teams. We are eager to share this update with more players soon, and are thrilled about the improvements it will bring. To ensure server and client stability in Alpha 318, both before and after launch, our team has decided to extend the Alpha 319 branch for an extra patch cycle. 
This will allow us to address any issues that may arise. As a result, the next update following the release of 3.18 will come before Invictus launch week and will feature a variety of new and exciting content you can read about below. Although this update will be designated Alpha 3.19, it will be built on the Alpha 3.18 codebase. Our production teams are currently evaluating the feasibility of integrating originally planned 3.19 content into the 3.18 branch. The items we are adding to the release, release view today are subject to change and additions. Nonetheless, we wanted to share our tentative goals as of now with potentially more updates, changes, additions coming to the roadmap updates ahead. Um, so interesting, um, just before d- diving into the release view, this screams to me the Alpha 3.17.4 being a, what should have been a separate patch. Um, them, quote unquote, learning from that. Um, because now they're labeling it 3.19, even though it's technically a 3.18 patch. I don't really care as long as the content's good. <laughs> right, right. Um, so on the release of you, the following cards have been added to the Alpha 319 column. Loreville Cityscape. Reworking the Loreville skyline to better fit the scale of the city and its distinctive buildings. This one's a huge one and will probably be really important for Fleet Week. New Player Experience. An initiative for improving the initial first 30 minutes of gameplay experience which will help players understand the context of the world and introduce them to some of Star Citizen's basic features. This update focuses on the experience in Area 18 and by Genie Point. So I'm guessing they're going to funnel people to those places specifically. Uh, New missions, salvage contracts. With more civilian access to salvage ships, contract brokers are offering salvage jobs for derelicts around LaGrange points around Stanton. These brokers charge a fee for their services, so this will require some buy-in, but the contracts the contractors are free to keep any of the salvage material for resale. Uh, new missions, Ghost Hollow PvP mission. Adding a new mission type to the Ghost Hollow point of interest. For those who don't know, Ghost Hollow is the crashed reclaimer on Microtech uh, in the Stanton system. Making use of the comm array as well as AI nav mesh, this mission will create PvP encounters where players will need to fight for control over terminals for a chance at big credit payouts. Um, last but not least, prog- progress tracker. Due to some format changes to the data we use to for the progress tracker, our update for both upstream and downstream teams in 2023 needs a bit more time to get sorted. You can expect these updates to come in subsequent publishes. So that is so far the release, the roadmap roundup for this week. Uh, Seagard, having not seen it yourself, what are your thoughts? Oh. Uh... Uh, not, I mean, I was partially, um, partially typing question of the week, uh, but, but really, I mean, it, it's all good stuff again. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm good with where the game is at right now. So mm-hmm. all of that stuff is fine. I mean, uh, 
and I nothing really jumped into my head as you were going through it. So yeah, uh, I think for me the most exciting. Well, one for for you, Loreville folks who love Loreville, it's exciting that those updates <clears throat> will be in hopefully in that patch. That's um, the three nineteen patch, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, should be Q two yeah. patch. Now so the, the expanded. So the expanded Lorville, I did think was pretty cool. I had to yeah. admit that the landing pads on the roofs. I would definitely like to see some. Um, I'd like to you know see some drug stash missions where you got to land on the roof and assault yeah. down the into the building. I think that would be cool. Um, delivery missions, I think, would be cool, especially if you could do delivery missions in like a uh, MPV. Yeah, something like that. You just zip around the city. That'd yeah. be fun as heck. Yeah. Do you think they'll have to um, put like uh, cargo, uh, you know, the drop boxes uh, and terminals where you pick up and drop off mission boxes? Do you think they'll put those on the surface? Uh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that would be fun. Um, yeah, and it'll it'll be interesting. I I mean the the main thing. I think what will put it together for me is tomorrow's episode of, well, I guess not inside star citizen, but uh, you know, the, the special 4.0 thing um, talking about building interiors and, and how that, that will populate. Cause that is one of the critical pieces to helping flesh out these landing zones even even more than they already are and making them very dynamic locations. And I think it's really important because I think they're looking for ways to make it so that new players don't have to rush to get into their ships right away. Um, so it'll, you know, I'm curious to see how those things connect. Yeah. Um, I'm also excited that they have the salvage contracts so quickly. I'm curious why they don't have the mining contracts so quickly in there. And if there's some sort of technical limitation to that, that isn't uh, accounted for. Interesting. Um, Or maybe they just haven't added it yet, but maybe they'll plan on doing that too. Cause they sound like they're pretty similar variations on the theme. Um, Unless of course the salvage contracts have, you know, the other thing you have to think about is that could be with, uh, you know, the reputation system and there could be, I don't think they'll be a mission giver, but they, you know, there will likely be an organization that you're interacting with uh, in order to get that, like the Salvage Guild or something. The Salvage Guild of Stanton. But uh, good stuff. I mean, it's pretty skimpy, but it'll probably increase quite a bit um, between now and uh, you know, the coming weeks where we'll see some more content added to that, hopefully. Uh, if not, it seems kind of a light patch, um, which I think a lot of people will be afraid about if it doesn't doesn't get to much heavier than that. Because, you know, while we're all excited for 4.0, we're afraid it's not going to come out this year or even, you know, be as far along as we hope this year, just given what we've seen with 3.18. So... You know, fingers and toes, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. I am happy for the um, new player experience. I think anything to help players get into the game and experience it um, in a way that helps them, um, you know, 
move more quickly and, and be accustomed to it. Not that I don't like helping new players. I love helping new players. Um, but, you know, it's a jarring first experience. And, like, there are things there are things to learn about things to learn about things. And, yeah. you know, yeah, there is. It, I can only to, imagine. They used to have the mission guy, the guy who would train you. Yeah. Remember, he had the black helmet and he would cross his arms and look at you. Um, that was before my time. Oh, yes. That, they used to have that. But it was hard to keep it up to date because it was changing yeah. so fast. Yeah. I'm sure they would do something like that down the road. But maybe not. Maybe they'll facilitate it more through sort of initial experiences that you can play first. But I think if, even if it's something simple, just getting people used to the interaction system, getting them used to cities, helping them navigate where they need to go. I think it'll be a series of missions like, hey, welcome to our corp. Let's show you around. You know, like that could go a long way. Right. Um, Absolutely. Excellent. Um, so. And by the way. Yes. Just so you know that me listening to you drone on and drone on and drone on. Uh, I did accomplish that. Uh, new question is published. Now. I know. I saw it pop up. Aha. Thanks for telling I me a- I've droned on and droned on and droned on, though. Jeez. <laughs> I left it at three. I didn't want to hurt your feelings by going to the four or five. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> What'd you say? You're kind of droning. <laughs> I do that sometimes. <laughs> we all I, do. <laughs> I snore. Yeah. Well, I'm the true droner. Holy smokes. I think the only one who doesn't tend to get too lengthy is Chekhov. He tends to be a little bit more... Yeah. Succinct. He is. Um, then again, half the time he hasn't seen the episode of the show, so he's like, <laughs> what Seagard said. <laughs> yeah, everybody had good idea. You know? <laughs> he's yes, I like all of it. it. Sounds like he's having a good time with that uh, medical lord. The, uh, with Slipstream? Yeah, and it sounds like uh, a few other guys have gone over there and played and had fun with it. So, You know, I really like the group. I joined... I had all intentions of volunteering and stuff, and I just, they're great. I just don't have time, I think, for that amount of activity. And, uh, you know, it kind of overwhelms me. (laughs) Right, right. I'm like, oh, my God, I don't even know where to begin with the content on your site because you guys are talking nonstop. Um, But, you know. Uh, it is great to see Chekhov engage that heavily because he, he of all people, kind of disappeared quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, the game was boring for him. I mean, yeah. it's good to see it get back, you know, energetic for him. For me, you know, it's there's... And he hasn't even played the PTU, right? Uh, yeah, he's. I think he's gotten into the PTU. I think that's actually where they've been playing. Oh. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I thought he had, oh. but... Uh, I, I tell you, it's funny because there's quite a few, you know, I was thinking about the making an org and, you know, it's not out of the question, but I do kind of like the, um, and there's a few people that I've talked to have mentioned this, that they kind of like the idea of just being freelancers. Yeah. Right? Just, um, I think there is a certain amount of fun to that. Um, and I did see, you know, I've seen, well, I'll talk about that later. A couple of shows that have uh, talked about, trying to start the grind from just a vehicle 
right? Having a vehicle like I had, uh, I have planned for my yeah. guy. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting too. But uh, anyway, I, I think there's a mixture, right, in our in our group. Uh, yeah, definitely fun to play with others. Definitely fun. It's the really the only way to play. Yeah, um, but. I can't imagine people who don't want to play with a group, why they would even want to play this game. Because they've never done it. Because I had never done it. All right? I had never done it before this game. Yeah. So, to me, it really is it was a huge eye-opener. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think that uh, the group play and the freelancer piece is kind of the hook for me. I, I do think freelancing is the way. A mm-hmm. uh, little risky, but... I don't think I'll be alone in that in that perspective or in that in that decision. Well, I also picture even oh. freelancing, you'll end up finding people that you naturally contract with. You know, yeah, like absolutely whether like there's in real game rep or not, you'll build a reputation with people, and they'll be like, "Yeah, no, Seaguard delivers." Right. Yep. So I could see that happening pretty frequently. Yeah, uh, you know, I might need to hire on freelancers for my crew half the time because you know you know people sometimes just want to do their own thing yeah um excellent so this week we did not receive any tips nor tricks uh doth thou have any tips or tricks for the group um a, a tip uh i may have it may have been something so in 318, I noticed that I came in yesterday with a cutter into a hangar at, uh, I don't know, I can't even think which station it was. I think it's, um, I think it was Everest. Uh, but I went to land with the cutter and didn't have my engines in Vertol mode or VTOL oh, mode. Yeah. Um, and as I crossed the threshold, the front of the nose, the nose of the ship, started to rise and the back of the you know it ended up on its ass um and it went inverted and you know pinned me to kind of the floor and the ceiling in you know <laughs> alternating i'm not sure if it was an engine issue mm-hmm. um, but it did correct when i realized oh i'm not in vtol mode uh once i did that i was able to recover it mm-hmm. um so my tip would be to make sure you're in the proper configuration coming into those hangars when you cross that threshold and you go from no gravity to gravity. Okay, cool. So I, I don't know if it's just a glitch that I ran into or if I did something wrong, uh, but uh, it just seems a little weird. No. Yeah. I mean, I... It is interesting because it's for space, you know, essentially the station. But you you are picking up a gra- uh, you know, a grid or you know, a gravity well. So right, once you come through, and it just seemed like as soon as I hit the edge of the platform, and the front half was over, and the butt was still sticking out, might even be a bug. To be quite honest, it, it could be. It could be very um, weird, though. Hmm. Well, good good to know. Make sure you got those VTOLs going, folks. Um, I have no tips nor tricks as per usual. Um, you can well, tell. Oh, go uh, ahead. I'll tell you one. I, I just thought of one. Um, so I went out and, uh, you know, with all the new cargo, I did go pick up four new 
you know, the, the single uh, small cargo boxes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had them on my Cutlass Black. I had two on the floor and I had two in my little SRV. Um, so I do think it's a good, a good tip to have a couple of those boxes laying around to help you sort your stuff a little bit easier. Like uh, if you're looting and you want to put all your food in one box, and you want to put all your, you know, your uh, drink in another, or your, your like your medical supplies and and uh, you know pyro tools and and components for that go in one, and in the other one you put uh, fruit and you know food or whatever you're gonna sell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it it makes it a little easier to sell it and to moving on and off your ship after each session, right? So um, I would recommend having a couple of those little cargo boxes. You buy them from the cargo kiosk. and I always and, forget uh, that they have them for sale now. Yeah, they're not expensive, but they do seem to be very useful. And especially with everything having all the vehicles now having an area for storage. Yeah. You can just pick everything up in a box and store it and unstore the box and carry it. It's it's on the station with you. Excellent. Yeah. Um that brings us to another segment. Don't know if you have anything for this, but it's time for science. Aha. Um I have zero for this, uh, you know, since I haven't played the game. What about you, Mr. Seaguard? Um, let's see. I, yeah, I was playing the game a little bit. I would say for me, the biggest piece of uh, science right now um, is really was using, I you know, I talked about those HCS voice packs and the mm-hmm. Stream Deck from I, you know, I have the icon set from Icon mm-hmm. City for Star Citizen, and um, I've been using the voice packs quite a bit lately, and they are definitely immersive. I mean, if you're playing by yourself and you don't have the voice packs, get some. They're not expensive. Um, they they have the the voices are very well done. They're 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 pretty funny, and uh, they're all people you've heard of or you know from other voiceovers and, but you have like, you know, uh, what's his name? Who did John Luke Picard and you have, uh, you know, mm-hmm. data. They're not called that, but they're yeah. there. Um, and they they just do a great, the great chit chat with you just while you're playing the game. And anytime you do something, they make a comment, you know, Oh, I don't know if I would have done that to, you know, certainly if I was a captain, I would be a little, a little more intelligent about it, my actions or whatever, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're slamming you or they're sucking up to you or whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. But uh, for just hanging out in space and just doing things on your own, absolutely a blast. And uh, it's definitely fun to get in your ship and, you know, say power up the ship and they come back and go, you know, aye, aye, captain and blah, 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 blah. And then uh, you can say like uh, launch heavy or launch light or launch medium, which tells them to, um, basically lift off, um, put your, put your engines in VTOL, lift off vertically. It takes off perfectly up and down. There's no forward drift at all, mm-hmm. uh, which is very nice. Uh, and then the height, you can adjust the height, like light, let's say lift off heavy. It might be 60 meters mm-hmm. and they just do it by a, a burn, right? Number of seconds of engine thrust. And then it leaves you hanging there and retracts the gear and 
says the ship is yours. Uh, you know, others will do it. You know, they'll add a little bit more. You know, running a systems check and uh, landing gear is operational and blah blah blah. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's all these little things you can do. Um, you can tell it to give you a boost. I need a I need a hard boost, and it'll burst. You know, burn at max throttle for twenty five seconds. Or I need a, a gentle boost. Or I need to, um, you know. Go ahead and put us on the ground, and it'll land you. And you know, using the auto land. So there's a lot of cool things you can do with it. And uh, the fact you can have multiple, if you buy multiple packs, you can actually say, uh, you know, crew roster, and mm-hmm. one of them will ask you, uh, you know, you could say crew roster and geeky. You're my number one, and then that voice will come back and say, Roger, Captain. And you can say, I want X, Y, and Z for engineering, science, and comms. Or you can say, give me a, give me a watch. And uh, it'll, they'll assign random voices to each of the stations. So if you say raise weapons, the helmsman's voice gives you an answer. If you say, uh, or raise landing gear that, or take off, that'll be the mm-hmm. helmsman. If you say, give me more power, the engineer will answer. And it's stereographic, so you can hear the guy behind you on the left or the right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they chat between themselves. Um, they have questions and about like uh, the Star Citizen universe. You know, you know what does the you know what is the major city on Stanton? What is a quasar? What is blah blah blah? What is a you know wormhole? It has all these Galactopedia things you can get. Um, so I highly recommend it. Well, wow. yeah, and and it does actually, like I said, Galactopedia because it actually has information from the Galactopedia that it asks you and you so to help you learn more about the lore and everything. Um, so if, you, if you're out there and you're playing by yourself and you have voice attack in particular because it requires voice attack and then the HCS voice pack, it's, it's pretty fun and pretty immersive. Um, definitely gives you, you can have your pet on board. You can have a parrot, a dog, or a cat. I have all three and they will fight if you put them in the same room. So um, so, uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, the other one is the Elgato, mm-hmm. the icon pack. The, the icons are fantastic. It, it really lays out a bunch of pages for you. Um, and the more I've used it this week, uh, the more I like it. It has buttons. You don't get the verbal response, right? You just say, you know, hit the gear up button or the gear down or auto land. You just hit it and it, you don't have to hold it and it executes, um, targeting it does mining and you just click to a new page it mm-hmm. says mining ground combats there load a weapon unload a weapon uh it's very well done the icons are, are colorful and it, it's a good use for an elgato stream deck uh, they make them for different size and different types of elgato decks i just have the 15 mm-hmm. button one and then i think it's fantastic awesome uh, so I, I think they're excellent. Um, the other one I did for science was I worked on the face tracking again. Um, and thanks to Board Gamer, I went back and looked at a couple of his old videos, and I've got it working pretty darn well. It's uh, I blink and they blink, and uh, when I talk, you know, the talk occasionally it looks like I'm having a stroke sometimes with one corner of my mouth. But fixing the lighting. Um, was part of that, but I think the biggest thing was taking off like the auto fill the all the auto 
focus and things like that were already set on the camera. I just had to go in and unselect them automatic things like the contrast and gain. Uh, and then it just started working better. And I do wear glasses for those who um, have glasses. It, it works well for me, but I don't have a huge frame, uh, you know, around my eyes. So, but uh, again, another immersion thing, but it's fun. So that's my four science stuff today. Oh, I realized I was on mute. <laughs> I was asking you, so you don't get the dead eye now? The dead eye. Yeah, with the no, know, no, it's much glasses. better now. Much better now. Um, the glasses work for me in two ways. One is that if my glasses are on my eyes well, they're like in position perfectly, mm -hmm. um, it picks up the frame as my eyebrows. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't see any change. It just sees, so my eyes stay perfect. My eyebrows don't move. Mm -hmm. uh, only when I lift, when my glasses slide down, then it starts to pick up my eyebrows. Uh, so if I'm with the lighting going through my glasses, it now picks up my eyes much better. Mm -hmm. So you have to have the lighting in front of you, not behind you is the trick. Ah, uh, right. And the other thing is that, uh, my lighting is in front of me too. Yeah. Yeah. Board gamer pointed this out quite a while back. Um, if you just neutralize your face and just stare basically at the middle of the screen, not at the camera, it'll do a pretty good job. Um, but sometimes it, your, um, relaxed face Mm -hmm. whenever you go beyond relax, like you compress your lips, it'll start to make your lips overlap or, or bunch so up. You get the grinny tooth tooth thing. Correct. So what <laughs> I have to do now is I have to squint a little bit so that when I go to my true relaxed face, my eyes fully open. Oh, nice. That's a good right? idea. And I do the same thing with my mouth. I keep my mouth a little bit open so that it distinctly sees my two lips. And then when I, relax the it follows my lips into the closed position yeah so, so you have to like accentuate um your just slightly just slightly when you do the calibration hmm. <clears throat> so a lot of fun i also use the voice mod too which i like um nice yeah i know so, nick does that quite a bit yeah well, i i prefer to use it to go into game with though use it not in discord i use it in the game yeah oh yeah i mean i guess nick hasn't done that because he does it in discord yeah what what i find interesting you mentioned you you know you were talking about you know foip um i was just looking at um the website just now as we were talking just because i was curious the website for Faceware, because remember that was the technology port partner that they used to build yeah. FOIP with. Um, there is no mention on their site of Cloud Imperium, Star Citizen, anything. I wonder if they just use the license, the license rights for it. Yeah, it's really to interesting. Develop, you know, they use the development toolkit. Yeah, and remember they they were supposed to come out with their own specific camera I, I think some of those things kind of get a little frustrating when you're like okay well what happened with this remember the star citizen controller yeah. yeah like yeah it's fine that you're not no longer doing them but just like could you give us an update 
I guess right. they just don't want to disappoint or get negative news. Right. Right. Um, all righty. Well, uh, that brings us to the next segment. The real sassy song segment. Yes. You know, if you go near Tammany and Sons in Lorville, uh-huh. that little restaurant right next door plays a song the very noodle, much like this. The noodle yeah. restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. Plays very, very much like this. Nice. So last week, Seaguard, you asked, considering the star map, in what system would you like to start in and why? Uh, so first up was Honored Heretic. He said, Nostalgia reasons, Stanton, when the fine, the, when the fine, when the game finally gets multi-systems. Skyguard said, Magnus, for Drake reasons. Miss <laughs> uh, you, miss you, Seaguard, or uh, <laughs> miss you, Skyguard. Uh, mini Seaguard. Sky, <laughs> <laughs> Sky guard, uh, I mean, sea guard of the sky. <laughs> he can fly twice as high. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, CN Fries said, Stanton, that's what I'm comfortable with. Uh, Quaylar said, the Branow system. It's, uh, it's one of, if not the furthest most system on the other side of the universe and fairly decent away from most civilized systems. So it'd be a good point to start from, from an exploration standpoint. I have a funny feeling they'll avoid some of those, though, as, as being like starting systems. But who knows? Right. Good one, Quaylar. Uh, Psychosis said, I would say Stanton, as I'm not done exploring it at all. I've been spending a few months hanging out around the major planets and enjoying just traveling around those planets and moons. Genly uh, Annoyed said... I think it would depend on the state of each system. Would Terra be a welfare state that has high security, low living, and a good starter? Would there be storage benefits to renting space at a less secure system? Am I stupid and have spent too much already and would be better setting up where I can take advantage of the most prospect for profit? We shall see. Yeasty Dynasty said, Soul for me. It'd be pretty neat to see what our solar system looks like in-game firsthand. Yar said, After staring at the star map for a bit, I feel like the Ellis system would make a good starting point and home base for me. It's vaguely centrally located, and I counted 23 systems reachable from there in three or fewer jumps, including both Soul and Terra. LS5, also known as Noble, would make for an appealing home to me as it is described as an under undeveloped forest planet. As a bonus, its relative proximity to Stanton means it might get in-game some time in the next decade. Nyar also said, I just did some more counting, and while it remains to be seen if this is an actual or while it remains to be seen if this is a useful metric. It looks like Pyro has the most systems within three jumps at 39. By way of comparison, Terra has 34, Sol has 17, um, and Branow, that uh, Quaylar mentioned above, has five, the fewest of any non-alien controlled systems. Not that all but, hang on, Not not that all but one of Pyro jump points are small or medium, so a capital base there could only reach seven systems in three jumps versus 13 
Fritera. That's a lot of math. Thank you, Nyar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you ever want to be a navigator on a Carrick, <laughs> you know where to find me. Um, Silver Valk said, I am definitely leaning towards Ellis system. Not only is it huge with 11 planets and central as Nyar pointed out, but it will probably be the most picturesque system of them all. Admittedly, I'm not too hopeful of seeing Ellis in game within the next 10 years. Sad face. Correction. Ellis has 13 planets, (laughs) including one that has collided with its moon. (laughs) Smiley star face. (laughs) Or star-eyed, smiley face. Heisenberg said, I'd say pyro. Not because I want to indulge in piracy, but I love the added risk when trading. Plus, I have a buddy who I've contracted as a bodyguard, and he's itching for a good fight always. I just feel like the added threat of piracy makes it a lot more interesting. What about you, Seaguard? Where would you? I've been, uh, I'm, right now, I'm actually looking at Tyrol, uh, but it wouldn't be Tyrol. It'd be something like, um, uh, basically, it, it would be something in the area of this, but it would be near Banu space and undiscovered space. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, I'm sorry, Xeon G- and undiscovered okay. space. Um, so I'm really thinking, like, uh, uh, there's a system called Gross or Goss. Goss. Uh-huh. Uh, that and it's got a binary star, which is it's got two stars, which is very cool. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking that. Uh, and uh, they have a jump point to Terra. Um, so I'm thinking that might be a very good one to go to. Nice. Oh, there's also one to Tayak. So three jump points. Going to cool places mm-hmm. and a Helios jump point. Nice. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking Goss. Okay. <laughs> but the criteria is fair amount of jump points near um, a friendly alien species, um, but also on an un- uh, undiscovered border. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> so Goss. Okay. I think I personally would probably be either Terra or Sol for their centrality um, and for their safety as a starting point, right? I could probably pick up most of the things that I need to go out on an expedition. Um, It'd probably be a pretty safe place to store some of my things and then, you know, be a starting point. And of course, we'll put out, you know, outposts and things like that for along the way. Now, do you, do you does the planet you have um, that you would choose? Would you want Earth normal, or would you like something that's uh, toxic? You know, toxic environments, or terraformed, partially terraformed, or something like that. I would go for either Earth in uh, in Seoul or uh, Terra Prime, which isn't the planet; it's the city, but you know, the head the capital of Terra, right? Um, gotcha. So yeah, major landing zone. And I think for the cool factor for the, I, I know Terra is supposed to be quite, um, you know, a beautiful place as well. Right. So, right. Yeah. See, I, f- I find the cities are okay. Um, but I definitely like the, 
the wilderness, you know, um, I, I like, I really want to find myself traveling on the surface, mm -hmm. um, more or less camping from my vehicle. Um, you know, maybe I've got a vehicle and a ship, you know, and I'm moving, you know, landing the ship and traveling by day in the vehicle and coming back to the ship at night, uh, to see the scenery and to see the views and look for min minerals and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. that's kind of me. I'm not so much the the city boy as the okay. adventurer. Well, obviously, you know me, I live in a city right now. So yeah. Yeah. like even if I were to live on Earth in game, I would live in New York City, which is where that's I right. currently live. It's right. Um, <laughs> But I probably wouldn't just because I think I like, because, you know, I like Microtech and Crusader the best. I kind of like the clean aesthetic. Um, but also I sort of, my sort of RP mode is sort of someone who likes to explore, but there's a little bit of like the the fame element or the prosperity element of it versus just doing it for pure science and the love of exploration. So live. So you like a scenic city, not yeah. so much the hustle and bustle of like a Loreville, even though it's you know, kind of a slave world almost. Yeah. Well, we envision it as being less. It's than like habitable. a surf, surf, servitude. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, but do you, what, how would you envision business being done on something that's like Terra? I mean, would you see it more of an intellectual type of business? Yeah. Um, versus manufacturing and things yeah. like that? Yeah. Just like, just like we see with Apple <clears throat> took, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's all of our responses. What, um, what's your question for this week? All right. So this week was a little different. Um, I kind of hung around on something I mentioned. I've mentioned a couple of times, but having AI on the ship. Mm -hmm. So um, how important is it to you? How important to you is putting AI on our multiplayer ships for immersion as gunners and AI guards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically they can be or crew, crew gunners or AI guards. Mm -hmm. So when you're on your ship and you're piloting your ship, you know, people walk in, sit in the seat next to you, or they sit in the seat behind you and they fiddle with controls, but they don't really do anything. They're, they're, they're eye dressing. Uh, they're sleeping in their bunks or they're down in the engine room, walking around, checking machinery. And, um, they're just there. And if you're a Connie, it's, you know, it's four people. If you're in a Reliant, it's two or it's you and one other, right? Mm -hmm. um, never more than the number of beds. And you know, the idea that you could always, uh, you know, you could basically pick how many you want on your ship up to the number of beds. Um, the, the, uh, that's the crew part, right? And then if you say, you know, go to battle stations, um, you know, they would, occupy the gunner stations mm -hmm. um, and they would fight um, those that shoot at you. They become kind of a defensive type gun system, right? AI mm -hmm. kind of like they do for the, for the AI ships right now. Um, and then yeah. when you land, 
Um, at least one of them would post as a, a guard in, you know, uniform with a weapon, you know, near the ramp or something like that to uh, basically treat everyone that's not in your party as a trespasser. Yeah. Right. Um, I think those would be a, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know how much technology that requires. But Probably quite a bit. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking because there's so many different type of ships, but uh, we already do some of that stuff already, right? I mean, they're building that stuff out too. Right. Um, I suspect it would have to be done ship by ship and the pathing, you know, they have mm. to be routed around people to get, you know, maybe they go to attention when you walk by or they just say, good morning, Captain. I don't know, whatever. Uh, but I think it would be, you know, it would make flying your character a hell of a lot more fun. Yeah. Right. Well, I'll, I'll hold my thoughts till next week. Yeah, so that's but, the question. Uh, excellent. Um, now, we did get a few questions, not many, um, this week. First comes up from CN Fries, and he said, What's the fastest way to make money minute for minute, assuming your max reputation and or having the best salvage and mining vehicles? Bouncy guard? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Minute for minute, what's the best money maker? Um, you know, uh, I'm going to choose as a starter, right? As mm-hmm. a starter. You um, know that that questions max reputation and all that. Oh, stuff? you have max reputation. Uh, I would say mining quantanium. Okay. Yeah, I think mining quantanium is really high on the list. I think um, bounty missions can be pretty lucrative. I think there's quite a few ways to make it. I don't right. know for sure off the top of my head. I'm, you know, most consistent, 100%. most consistent way to make a reasonable amount of money to me is hauling. Yeah, but it's very boring. It can be, yeah, especially yeah. now as it is as it yeah. stands. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of different ways. I would imagine salvage is definitely going to be more profitable, at least in 2018. So that will be one and it will be pretty profitable regardless of if you're in a reclaimer or a vulture, it's about your time investment to be super profitable. So, um, and your ability to crew up because if you can't have a fully crewed reclaimer, you're better off using a vulture because it's a lot of back and forth to go between stations uh heisenberg's uh first he weighed in and he said i found the best and fastest money loop in is to get the eclipse it has size nines on it and do the hrts or the vhrts basically drop in mark your target send one torpedo you can go ahead and exit atmosphere right after you fire trust me they are cooked i use that method to raise money for my c2 very effective um then Heisenberg has his own question. Just a fun question. I know Seaguard in particular will love this one. What is your favorite song to listen to during quantum travel? Or just the one you listen to when playing solo or grinding money? Gotta say, Drops of Jupiter hits a lot harder on Star Citizen. Uh, what's your go-to, Seaguard? It's going to sound really corny. With the sound of my ship and its purring engines. <laughs> I don't listen to music in the game. If it's not in the game, I don't listen to it. I don't I really, either. 
I do like listening to the HES voice packs. I mean, it's hilarious. Jean-Luc Picard, I think he's called Vasco in the game. He's constantly saying, blurting stuff out that's like, well, I didn't know anyone was listening. Well, I'm an idiot. (laughs) A real (laughs) funny character. Yeah, I don't don't listen to music while I'm playing. I actually just, same thing, like I listen to the in-game music and my ship. Yeah, and and we usually have people on with us, so we're chatting yeah. with those people. Same. Yeah, it's like usually we're in, in comms, even if we're not playing together. Yeah. Now, uh, so uh, I will tell you that uh, one of my favorite songs to listen to that I've gotten used to from Star Citizen was a song called Granite. Um, someone did it... Um, can't think of the band who did it but someone used it to make a, a commercial version of uh star citizen you know a player developed commercial and just mm-hmm. love it but it's uh it's rocking and i'm definitely an acdc fan and a foreigner <laughs> yeah. and i'm a, uh you know you know you name it i uh, i like all that stuff so excellent uh, those are all of our questions for the week. Um, any closing thoughts, Seaguard, before we roll with the final outros? I am going to stay no, and I'm not going to interrupt you. I'm going to be good this time. I'm going <laughs> to no, be no, good. I just think it's good to ask. Yeah. You know, sometimes people have closing thoughts. That's right. Um, you know, it also initially started because I would forget. To ask you what your question of the week is. Star, yeah, start Citizen Con. You, oh, I, you know, we didn't mention that. Yeah, I the, think I'm going to go. I, I, I want to go. Yeah, uh, we'll have to talk. Uh, we'll talk, talk. And I have an airplane. I have an extra ticket that I can use for credit. Nice. I have a bunch of hotel points. Excellent. Um, several hundred. So I'm sure I can get a hotel there. Uh, yeah, I want to go for sure. Okay. Um, yeah. For those who don't know, I didn't bring it up because I completely forgot to discuss it, but Citizen Con was announced, um, and it'll be it'll be October. What is it? October twenty first? Yeah, of this year. So a little yeah. later than usual. Yep. Um, any thoughts as to why they're doing it later, Seaguard? You have more historical knowledge of uh, of timing. If that is anything but, significant, not really. But you know me. There's. It could be anything from Chris Roberts is taking a vacation at the normal time to they're going to release Squadron Forty Two. I, I have, you know me, I'm always, I'm always all over the place. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We also, you know, we also didn't talk about was the whole seat. There's a lot of discussion around the whole seat. Will it break the economy? Will it be yeah. useful in the game because it's capacity? Um, yeah. Maybe we can talk about that next week. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I think that ships like the Hull Sea and the Banu Merchantman, um, you know, there there is some merit to saying cargo is just not there yet, right? Yeah. Uh, if they don't have the missions. But I also don't believe that you shouldn't bring a ship out that's ready to fly. Uh, if nothing else, to get feedback on it. And yeah. to, you know get something in that's iconic right it's uh it's a big ship and it'll be a lot of people have it and have wanted it for a while yeah <clears throat> so i guess we'll have to 
whole C. Oh. <laughs> what happens? Oh, that's right. that's right. And I think that's the name of the episode. <laughs> yeah, hauling ass. <laughs> um, if you have any questions, anything you want to submit to us, if you are CIG and you want to give us something to give away to our listeners, um, <laughs> sure. you can email us at citizencastsc at gmail.com. You could DM our Twitter handle at citizencastsc. You could submit a message through Anchor. Um, you could join our CitizenCast Discord and interact there. Uh, and you can also text or leave a voicemail on our Google voice number 646-783-8154. And of course, as always, if you are looking for a crew, whether it's uh, in between, in between your solo sessions, if you're looking for an org, if you're just looking to find fun people to play with while you play the best space sim ever, uh, take a look at parlay house, uh, really great community. And also for those altruists out there who don't want to make money in the game, but want to help people in the community, take a look at Slipstream, great org. We have a bunch of other orgs um, in Parlay that we host. Um, So take a look at them, interact with folks. Uh, It's a great space to play the game. And it's it's definitely, um, I believe I put enough uh, tokens into that machine to make Parlay House. It has very good video quality. Is we've got all yeah, the perks. Me too. So it's you know my again my children have given up some part of their future you know inheritance for me to fund Parlay House, but uh, <laughs> it's worth it. So, so listen, it's enough to buy. It's enough to buy a nice ship. Let's listen, put it that way. <laughs> they will get fifty ships. <clears throat> That's right. That's right. Well, I thought you were going to get the fifty ships. Oh, okay. Oh, well then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. And then come of down course, and use Parley House. It's no, <laughs> yeah. no money. If it's not making me any money, it's costing me money, and uh, it's just come use it. Uh, there's always somebody doing something. Yeah, uh, definitely. And then, of course, we have friends of the show who are content creators. So take yeah. a look at Earth Snorkel and Undead Parrots videos on YouTube. Um, of course, the composers of the music uh, that you've heard on this episode, as well as a. A star citizen inspired soundtrack. Um, take a look at Cody, Admiral Cody, and Calibri's uh, websites uh, for that. Uh, and of course, uh, I keep saying of course tonight. If you haven't already, uh, I don't know how you could be playing this game and not have seen Star Jump's new Fleet Fleet Viewer. It's not even that new anymore. Uh, but friends of the show, Graham and VMZO, put a ton of work in making a really cool tool to visualize your fleet. Um, and that oh, I just, oh, I, just, I just had a vision in my head. Wouldn't it be cool if you could actually spread your fleet out over the star map? Oh, in the um, in the yeah. figure. Yeah, that I was would just be thinking cool. how many hangers I have. I counted the other day. It's not a pretty number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because of your packs and everything? Yeah, I mean, a lot of single ships get an individual hanger. I've got like 20 industrial hangers. <laughs> like, none It'll of be the interesting to ones. see how they handle that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, excellent. Well, that, dear friends, concludes another episode of Citizen Cast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. And I am not hitting the button yet because I was reading my script. Yeah. 
I think the hangers was definitely interesting. I was yeah. uh, I started. I was just look, putting together a mini miniature database for something I can train myself on some software, like database software. Mm-hmm. So I was just started cataloging into a table, you know, how many rifles I have and who the manufacturer is and what, what package it came with and, and uh, mostly around the um, subscriber stuff. And it's amazing how much stuff I have from a <laughs> subscriber. Oh, I, I mean, know. If you, and if you put like a uniform and you said, oh, it costs you $10, mm-hmm. even the base packs, I mean, I've, I've got probably eight, I probably got $80 in uniforms uh, that I didn't pay for there. Well, I paid for them by the subscription. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there's just a lot of, a lot of things we've got. So. Yeah. I mean, all of mine is all of my ships are embedded in one game package that I upgrade. Right. So all my pages are just free stuff. Yeah. And it's a lot, even for me. It is. 